0: This is Oscars Playback on the Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce saying, Joyce, it's time for another edition of Oscars Playback. It's my privilege. Thank you, Joyce.
1: Um, and we're going back to the start of the <laughs> 90s. We,
0: right. we never We somehow skipped this one even though it had an best- order at all. So <laughs> no order, no rhyme or reason, but we're doing the 1991 Oscar ceremony celebrating 1990 in film. What a great year. What a ridiculous Oscar ceremony choice. Uh, I was watching it last night though, and, uh, just really enjoyed it. I thought it's like, again, another, so much better than the Oscars we had this past year. Um, but, uh, yes. Billy Crystal's second time hosting. Happened Monday, another Monday ceremony for you. And also a 9 p.m. ceremony. March 25th, 1991, started at 9 p.m. It was only three hours and 30 minutes, though. So not, not the worst, if you're kind of accounting from that standpoint. 42.7 million viewers, up about 4 million from the year prior, uh, when Driving Miss Daisy was a controversial winner of Best Picture.
1: But you know what was nominated this year?
0: Good Ghost fellas. And Ghost. <laughs> Ghost. So, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about all this. A great, let's start with 90 in film. Our favorite, our favorite Wikipedia section, blank year in film. Uh, what a year. Ghost the
1: biggest movie of the year.
0: <laughs> Ghost of the biggest movie of the year from worldwide perspective. Fantastic movie. Uh, was an actual cultural phenomenon, I feel like at the time. A lot. So I was pretty young here, uh, probably 12, 11 or 12. Probably. I turned, I turned 12 in 1990, so for five. most of the year <laughs> I was 11. So a lot of these movies I didn't see in the theater, though I did see like I vividly remember seeing. I'll give you some examples, and they're on this list: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, saw Damn. that one in the theater. Uh, Home Alone, clearly saw that one in the theater, thing. and uh, Gremlins to the New Batch, I saw in the theater, which I loved. Great movie, great experience. We'll make we'll make another reference to that later in this in this in this recording. Uh, But Ghost, I did not see in the theater. It was a cultural phenomenon, though, and I remember watching it at home uh, on VHS after it came out.
1: Yeah, so I did not see that in the theater. I saw that eventually later on. I don't even know when. And hilariously, I never watched the movie in full again until like two years ago when uh, one of our contributors again, Kevin Jacobson, asked me to go on his pod.
0: So what you think? I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. And I, I rewatched it.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I like when I watched it the first time, I don't know, like 20 years ago, I guess. Like I liked it. Like it's not like my favorite movie or anything, but I enjoyed it and I liked how it, you know, uh blended all these different disparate genres. It worked really well. I think it's really the chemistry between Patrick Swayze and Willie Goldberg that sells the movie like in- completely. Incredible. Like I care more about them than like him and Demi.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, incredible movie with three incredible actors that I feel like the top of their or ascendant fame, right? Like Patrick Swayze off of Dirty Dancing, which I obviously saw a ton of times as a kid, um, was like a huge star, very great personality. Whoopi Goldberg, just hilarious in this movie. I will talk about her a lot, obviously, uh, here for winning an Oscar. And then Demi Moore, uh, a, just an iconic Hollywood star, I feel like. And that this is obviously her ascendant moment. Uh, As a as a top grossing uh, figure, I I love I love this movie. Uh, The pottery scene. The pottery scene was obviously immediately. We didn't call the memes back then, Joyce, in 1990, but that was a meme. That was obviously a meme. Everyone spoofed that later in movies. They spoofed it. Uh, Everyone referenced it. Great, great moment. This is a year actually of a lot of memes. If you look at these movies, Ghost has the pottery meme. Home Alone. So much. That's my that's my. You
1: have to you have to like. Pull your face down like this uh,
0: yeah. i'm it doing a, like... i'm doing a i'm doing the thing yeah i'm doing the kevin mccallister Ah, uh, i don't know it looks like the scream uh what's the screen painting oh uh, that guy
1: yeah
0: you know mm-hmm. what i mean you know what i mean yeah. uh but that was a meme and then pretty woman with the with the thing and the julia laugh yeah three memes
1: it's like uh a big year for like burgeoning stars
0: yes uh so the top three movies of office were ghost home alone pretty woman dances with wolves which was like, obviously, Kevin Costner just ascending, betting on himself, uh, directing this movie as a first time director, cleans up at the box office, sweeps through the Oscars. Uh, just an incredible moment for Kevin Costner.
1: And also, obviously, he kicks off this decade of the 90s of actors turned directors um, directing themselves in the films too, and then just dominating the Oscars.
0: Yes. So I don't know. It's funny because, like, obviously that wasn't a unique phenomenon because you had like Robert Redford. Obviously, was a film. Uh, you know, yeah. didn't direct himself necessarily in ordinary people, but it was like a star who went. You know, an actor who became a director. Clint Eastwood obviously a long successful career as a director and an actor and with years after
1: this, Unforgiven.
0: Correct. But like Kevin Costner was really like the poster child for I am an actor and now I'm a director and you will give me Oscars for this. As we saw this in the last one of these, we did Mel Gibson certainly carrying the tradition. But I feel like Braveheart is a way inferior film than Dances with Wolves, even though I don't even think Dances with Wolves is is, is great no, movie.
1: I, like, I think Dances with Wolves is a better movie than Braveheart, but again, oh, yeah. not not one I revisit or have revisited. Like, uh, I think it's a gorgeous film, but yeah. I don't like care to watch it again.
0: <laughs> uh, the other movies on the list here, Total Recall, which obviously was too young for at the time, but has, later as a teenager became one of my favorite movies. I still think it's absolutely awesome. Uh, a great Schwarzenegger, Paul Verhoeven movie, just the best. Uh, so many great moments, awesome premise, Way in. Back to the Future Part 3, another one I saw in the theater because they did this six months after Back to the Future Part 2. So you had to come back to see how it finished up. I think- now like maybe
1: what they did with the Matrix. Later correct. On.
0: Okay. I think, the, I personally think the Back to the Future sequels are way more successful than the Matrix sequels, even though Back to the Future 3 is certainly the weakest of the three.
1: I'm not a big Matrix person in general. So like, I don't like really care about them at all. Um, I don't even, did I see the third Matrix? I don't think so.
0: Did you see the fourth?
1: I did not see the fourth, no.
0: Die Hard 2 next on the list here. Uh, Another movie I came to much later in, in life or not much later, but like a few years later, obviously didn't see it in theater. Absolutely love this movie as well. You'll be shocked to know, Joyce. The Die Hard movies, the first three, all of them are great. Die Hard 2, I think is hilariously good. I remember there was a, a, a Bruce Willis kills a, a, a henchman by stabbing him in the eye with an icicle. Uh, and I'm, that's like burned in my brain. Yeah, Cause it's so, so This
1: is like also the era when like the sequels just like went bigger Yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. And like, that's why like these sequels are good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even Hard if 2- like,
1: they don't make sense.
0: No, but this one kind of makes sense. It's a great movie. Uh, Rennie Harlan directed this and Ford Fairlane, and they came out within the same week, basically. July 4th for Die Hard, Adventures of Ford Fairlane, another movie I saw on VHS, Andrew Dice Clay at the height of his mania, uh, starring in a movie that's completely inappropriate and problematic. If I ever was going to revisit it now, I'm sure it would just be, I think if you try to rent it on amazon or any streaming service it probably just disintegrates at this point because it's so toxic but uh i mean
1: like is it even there in the first place who
0: knows but that was uh one i remember watching at home presumed innocent harrison ford uh in his like, presumed innocent yep yeah, in his like legal thriller uh pete you know his 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 era there teenager ninja turtles as we mentioned loved it big fan love those dumb those ninja turtles and then kindergarten cop which i did not see in the theater but obviously saw later. I
1: right? was obsessed with Kindergarten Cop, obviously because there's a Joyce in it. And nice. that was the first time I had like watched anything with a character with my name. Cause wow. not a lot of characters. No, not a lot of Joyce's. Name. No, oh. as we've established before. So yeah, yeah. yeah that so- goes
0: through that list. Of, that's the top grossing list of movies. And then there are dozens of movies. This is a another phenomenal year. Where not only are the Oscars, the cells, the ceremony is better, the winners are better, but the movies on a whole are just like, man, there are a ton of movies. I was making a list here, and I just kept writing movies down. <laughs> like it's an unbelievable year. You have everything from like, obviously, like we mentioned, like uh, these these top hits: Dick Tracy, Gremlins Two, like I mentioned, Tremors, Hard to Kill with our favorite Steven Seagal joys. I actually have. I'm going to do a little a little prop work here. The VHS of Hard to Kill sitting wow. right here on my desk.
1: How long did it take for you to dig that up?
0: I have it here because I got, uh for Christmas, somebody gave me as a novelty gift the a, a VHS box subscription for like three months. And that was one of the random VHSs that came. Yeah. So, it not, so it just sits here on my desk. I have
1: a lot of VHSs, but I don't have a VCR.
0: I have VCR. I took it from my parents, actually. Next time you, and if you ever come over, we can watch a VHS, uh, right oh. here, right here.
1: Yeah, because okay. also I used to, in, in college, I had, my TV was like a DVD player VCR combo. Sure, and then obviously very
0: popular
1: uh moved it back and she's like my parents house but they've since gotten rid of it because they're like we're not keeping this thing it's like 500 pounds
0: (laughs) um other movies that i was like uh quick change bill murray uh randy quaid and gina davis so fraught perhaps now from a cast perspective but a fantastic one crazy night new york city movie the freshman with marlon brando young guns 2 which is an actual Oscar nominee
1: Yes, Oscar nominee. Young, should, have, should have probably won that
0: song. I think we'll talk about that. And I think I agree, even though it's nice that Steven Sondheim has an Oscar. Uh, "Mo Better Blues, Two Jakes was like a big deal, even though it was like, even for me as a 12-year-old, I knew it was like a sequel to Chinatown. It was like covered by the the Hollywood tabloid shows, certainly, you know, like Entertainment Tonight and stuff. Uh, My Blue Heaven was a favorite of mine. You remember that one? Um.
1: Yes, but I have not rewatched it in years. So I rewatched. I, I haven't watched a lot of these movies in a really long time as I was like going through.
0: I've rewatched some of them. Yeah. So my blue and I rewatched uh, from uh, Nora Efron. Like,
1: like, look it. Who's Talking to. I watched that so much when I was a kid. It, it Dozens, dozens of I have times. i watched that in a lot. Mermaids, loved that Mermaids, when I was a kid.
0: Great. Uh, yeah. Home Alone, we mentioned. I re- Miller's Crossing was one I definitely didn't know about at the time, but like as, a, as an older person, loved the Coen Brothers movie completely inc- excellent a-, a random here's a couple other ones desperate hours Michael Cimino movie with uh, Mickey Rourke as in, in a remake of the uh, Humphrey Bogart movie and I think the the lead is actually also uh, Anthony Hopkins right isn't that right
1: yeah and I think uh, yeah Mickey Rourke and is it Mimi Rogers
0: Mickey Rourke Mimi Rogers Anthony Hopkins Kelly Lynch Lindsey Krauss David Morse uh, Shawnee Smith remember it's incredibly violent i remember being like this is this is subversive for me as a 12 year old to see this uh let me let me see i just lost my place here uh home alone like the king of new york another one i did not see at the time abel ferreira uh christopher walker movie but great men at work which is a uh charlie sheen emilio estevez um, yeah i I mean you know
1: how i feel about emilio so and this is pre-mighty ducks too
0: pre-mighty ducks and it just is like great fun uh house party joe versus the volcano which obviously came after um
1: it's before it's before. it's their their first comp uh collab
0: correct but okay. all, and not well received but i i actually watched this one a lot too honestly it was on a lot on cable hunt for Red october which i was never into the tom clancy stuff but there you go tremors i think i mentioned hunt
1: for Red october's uh accents are wild
0: correct yeah. And then uh, two two maybe fraught ones, which we'll talk about during this. Obviously, uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, which is a colossal failure uh, on, on multiple levels, and so much so that there's a book about it. Obviously, uh, The Devil's Candy uh, that they turned into a podcast this last last year. Um, Brian De Palma just totally uh, totally <laughs> unmatched, uh, overmatched maybe perhaps, uh, <laughs> but uh, great. Uh, and then The Godfather Part Three, Joyce, which has had. A, a reevaluation, I feel like.
1: Godfather Part Three is always funny to me because when everyone talks about the Godfather, and especially uh, in March, you know, for the the fiftieth anniversary of the first movie, you know, everyone talks about that, obviously, and the sequel, but no one
0: brings up Part Three. So I'll tell you this: I love Part Three. Actually, I think it's pretty good. Of course, you do. It's actually so. Here's the thing: it's not as good as the Godfather. Godfather Part Two, clearly. And even, I think the Coppola re-edit of it is improvement on part three, but part three on its own is actually pretty pretty solid and uh, gets a bad rap because I just think people are like, whatever. And also it came out obviously in the shadow of Goodfellas, which we have not even mentioned yet, but- there, are, No, you already mentioned it. <laughs> because I mentioned it right <laughs> 10 <way>. minutes ago. <laughs> there was just
1: a lot of um, mob movies. This
0: There's year, a lot too. of mob movies. And also Goodfellas, I think was like a breath of fresh air where it felt like the Godfather was like the staid uh kind of stale uh, conceit and like people are more the, the way that this goodfellas shows the mafia in this like really uh sexy like kind of you know uh underground like the, the guys on the ground with their noses in it getting it done versus like the the uh rarefied air of michael corleone i think people were more into that like gritty take on the mob than i don't cock-water. think it's
1: it, it's been so long since part two because at this point it's like 16 years right yeah 16 years
0: right which is not yeah. that long, Joyce. We're still, like, 16 years ago, we're like, you know, what are we talking about here? Not that long.
1: 16 years, like, from right now, it's yeah. 2006.
0: Yeah, we still talk about movies that happened in 2006, though. Yeah,
1: but, like, like making sequels to a film from 2006. I'll okay. take The Departed Part 2, I guess. But it, it's it's, like, it's kind of, like, how I don't, like, like, we were talking the other day, like, offline about, like, the screams. Like, I saw the first three screams. Right in the theater but right. you know it like there was such a long gap until like four like I've never seen Scream 4 or 5
0: and I'm saying like you should Scream 4 was great and Scream 5 is yeah, like, I don't care to like oh and they're awesome like, movies
1: though they're really yeah, good. I don't care to and, and it, I'm
0: disappointed for you because uh Scream 3 stinks it's clearly the worst one you ended on I never said dumb. I like
1: Scream no, 3 no I'm just saying just you ended good. on. I'm just saying I like I saw those three because they were like successive within mm. like a three-year span right. and then it was such a long gap so i think like maybe like there is you know maybe not a lack of excitement because i think like people were anticipating it but it's also like oh it's been 16 years like we also moved on and we have like another mob movie here and like dick tracy also right like a mob movie too
0: <laughs> yeah this is like a great moment for mob stuff because you also have like i mean even like i mean bugsy you'll have in a few you know what i mean like there's a lot of yeah, like, billy bathgate yeah Right, there's a lot of mafia It's great stuff.
1: because you have um, Warren Beatty who started dating Madonna Yes. Pick Tracy. And then he is like literally making Bugsy like at the time of the ceremony with Annette Benning, who like presents on the show. And then obviously they get together.
0: <laughs> Correct. Uh, so yeah, so that's a year in film. I mean, this is a great year. I, I'm sure I, me- I didn't even mention a ton of these movies. You didn't mention even-
1: Postcards from the Edge.
0: So that's I was going to mention that obviously when we do the uh, when we do the categories and stuff, but postcards from an ed- the edge another movie obviously I came too much later I did not see it and
1: Edward Scissorhands which got nothing
0: Edward Scissorhands things. another movie but also, I also have gone. not
1: seen that in a really long time as well. <laughs> no, I
0: think that's I
1: would... the movie I've seen the most from 1990 is Home Alone.
0: Home Alone and I rewatched Home Alone like last year maybe holds up great movie i great watch experience. it
1: every year like every christmas multiple just, times just one and two i don't watch three obviously i'll
0: give you a couple other ones uh that i just uh, that i personally were like these are movies that were on a lot there's a movie called side out joyce you ever see that one no side out is with c thomas howell and peter howell i believe who is uh you might know from uh oh peter horton excuse me I apologize. Peter Horton, who you might know from 30 something and Harley Jane Kozak and Courtney Thorne Smith. And it is basically like the concept. I'll read the Wikipedia here quickly. It's a sports drama about a beach volleyball competition, which is basically then it ends up being what if Top Gun volleyball scene, but a sports movie. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, absolutely loved it as a kid. Was on a thousand times. Should Sorry, you saying out. in
1: four years we'll have what, dog dogfight football
0: perhaps Uh, would be called i don't know side in i don't know what you would call it i
1: don't know Uh, the rules of like dogfight football
0: never even heard of it but uh until top gun maverick but yeah so side out great movie saw it a ton uh that was one i was like oh i remember that one uh the Ernest movies are here Ernest goes to jail another one that was on a lot um and then what was the other one i was looking at oh cry baby which was on, again, a lot. as a, it's, And this is like a big, it's a interesting year for a lot of actors because this is like an ascendant year for Johnny Depp, I feel like, obviously with Edward Scissorhands and the Crybaby. Schwarzenegger obviously has two movies in the top 10. Um, you mentioned Julia Roberts here, Kevin Costner breaking out, I think, in a big fashion, even more so than like Field of Dreams era Kevin Costner. I mean, just like one after the other, these are like major stars. Tom Cruise uh, marries Nicole Kidman, has Days of Thunder, and is according to Billy Crystal, as we'll find out here later. Uh, some people say there are no real movie stars anymore. I say they're wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Cruise. I'll tell you what. It's night. It's 2022. Is that what year we're in? And you can still yeah. say the same thing. Well, Tom the,
1: the announcer on the red carpet calls him like one of America's favorite movie stars or something. Yes. Yes. Uh, so one of the start. only things that are is still accurate and factually correct, because the announcer also called Ron Silver an Academy Award winner for some reason.
0: So this is, uh, let's start there. So the ceremony starts with the red carpet announcer. Uh, this is, we've done a lot of these actually, right? Probably like six or seven. Uh, this is the worst one by far. Just completely a disaster. So many factual errors, so many offensive things, and then also just ignoring people. Did you notice that? You were texting me a lot last night. So I'll let you, ta- you start, and then I'll, I'll mention the ones I wrote down as well. But uh, this yeah, is just it's a rough cool. beat.
1: It, it yeah so oprah's not here at, no, uh, unlike uh the one we did last week right. um so yeah so they say two-time nominee for best actress whoopi goldberg when did she get her second best actress nomination because she, she's nominated for supporting actress here um yeah and then here's ron silver academy award winner
0: since when no Academy Award, not even nominated. You couldn't even be like, "Oh, he was nominated for." A no, and not Ron Silver, West Wing, right. all time. Right. right.
1: Um, And then just Brenda Fricker, period. Like nothing. Just.
0: I'm surprised they even. Not, were able not even here.
1: Academy Award winner Brenda Fricker. Just Correct. Brenda. Because she's the
0: reigning Best Supporting Actress winner. Yeah. Here like, to you,
1: present. Yes.
0: <laughs> to Joe Pesci. Yes. And
1: nothing, just Brenda Fricker. Period. Yes. This one is actually good though, a sure nominee for next year's Oscars. Anthony Hopkins, because Silence of the Lambs had already been out for six weeks at this point and killing it.
0: So that is that was a fun thing watching the ceremony. Everyone knows that Silence of the Lambs is going to dominate the following year, and they really play into it. Yeah, and like they
1: obviously they were like, we got to get Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster on this year's show.
0: They present screenplay. They play the Silence of the Lambs music. Uh, Obviously, they're like very prominent, I think, in the ceremony. It's a great moment. And it's like, oh, it honestly reminds me of how they handled the Black Panther the year it was out and then the year later, basically.
1: Mm -hmm. This one is just uh, sad. Five-time nominee, Glenn Close.
0: Mm, Tough beat.
1: Yeah. This one, just... (laughs) You know how we've said, like, they usually talk about uh, the actress's looks? Yes. This one is twice nominated for her enormous talents, Deborah Winger. So twist.
0: Yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. The next one is, the next one you wrote me, I'll just, uh, the pretty woman herself, mm-hmm. Julie Roberts. So not yeah. always to talent. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then heavily nominated, multi-talented Kevin Costner, heavily nominated. Heavily nominated. Okay.
0: Uh, the ones I yeah. had written down. So they go with the Tom Cruise, like you mentioned previously, one of America's favorite actors, Tom Cruise. He's with Nicole Kidman. They don't even mention Nicole Kidman. Just that's it. She just might as well not even exist. And this is a theme here in a few in a row. They later uh, completely whiff on Daniel Day Lewis. He's standing there. He won best actor the year before, and they don't say a thing. He just it's, is there, like, Daniel Day Lewis.
1: No one saw my left foot.
0: No, but I mean, okay. And then <laughs> uh, Julie Roberts, the pretty woman herself, is with Kiefer Sutherland. They were together at the time, engaged doesn't get mentioned, doesn't doesn't exist. And then Richard Gere, star of Pretty Woman with Cindy Crawford, also not mentioned Cindy Crawford. I just think it's weird that they're not even referencing the other people when they're actually famous. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's also funny because even though this is five years later, but like last week when we did uh, the ceremony in 96 and Meryl Streep was nominated and they literally say like, you know, Best Actress nominee, Meryl Streep. Pause. She's with her son. Right.
0: It just anything <laughs> like, would have been better than like, these wits yes uh, yeah, but, but this, this one, we... the
1: other one is the legend not only at oscar time but all year long mr bob hope but this time they did identify, identify his wife and his wife dolores
0: there you go uh here's a here's one that would get immediately canceled uh, uh they show uh rodney grant who is a cast member of dances with wolves and they say graham green from dances with wolves who is a nominee. They don't even mention that, I don't believe. Or do they mention Oscar Nominee Graham Green?
1: Um, I think they did, but it was a rough one because you could tell they were struggling and they, they didn't know and they were just trying to find words to yes. say.
0: Cause there's yeah. like I the and the and clearly, like, oh, here's a Native American actor on the red carpet. It must be Graham Green, clearly. Who else would it be? That that's basically the tone of this. It's completely <laughs> offensive. Uh and then this one I just laughed at a lot. They have Al Pacino and Andy Garcia yucking it nothing, they, <laughs> nothing. And then pause, pause two of the stars of Godfather part three. Yes. Just two of them. I don't know what their names no are. Names, no names, no names at all. doesn't matter. It's totally fine. Uh, so that's how it opens. So it, and, and, uh, an auspicious debut, I would say, right. Uh, for, for this uh, ceremony, but then we get out there, Carl Malden comes out to uh, plug travelers checks, I believe. And then also uh, the uh, also
1: also, uh, he talks, so it's the centennial yes. of the invention of the camera or uh, a version. That, um, so he says like Thomas Edison basically invented a camera, quote, a hundred years ago in 1981. Transposed the numbers there, so yeah. Uh,
0: and this is now a runner of the whole ceremony. They throw to uh, Michael Caine, I'm Michael Caine, that's my Michael Keane impression, choice. Who's in Paris at
1: 3.15 a.m.
0: <laughs> it's 3.15 a.m. in Paris. Now I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what the voice is. And uh, he's in a theater, supposedly live on satellite, even though he's got like a bunch of a- extras dressed as 19... Uh, 01 or whatever year it is. What year is it supposed to be? 18, it's supposed to be 1891.
1: 1891.
0: Uh, dressed like they're watching the first film. Oh, uh, no,
1: no. The first movie was played in 1895. Recently. Okay.
0: So that's where they are. They tra- go back in time with people dressed up. I don't know why any of this is happening, why it needs to be where it is, why it wasn't just pre-taped. You
1: know, the, like themes were a big thing um, in this decade. Yeah. Um, so this was the theme. Like they were just celebrating the origin stories of movies. Correct. it was the centennial of the camera so now we're about like movie making camera
0: 15 yeah. minutes into the ceremony hasn't even started yet there is a dance number two i believe that i didn't even watch because it all opens up with debbie allen choreog- choreographing uh jasmine guy uh mm-hmm. doing like a, a interpretive dance of the movies which they come back later and do during score even so mm-hmm. that's so all of this happens where i, I miss the that.
1: interpretive dances honestly i i enjoy them
0: so. i would say i did enjoy it with this score but uh so billy crystal comes out uh, with a horse he's plugging city slickers which will later come out and make a lot of money good for him great movie uh and he does the car alarm with the horse now joyce i've watched a lot of these recently is that a runner that he has done or am i just like conflating it all into this one has he done that before in like other ceremonies yes did he do the car alarm thing in other ceremonies because it was like i don't okay so then that. this is just this one i like i said i've watched a lot of the billy openings But uh, he does the car alarm thing because boop, boop, was like a fun, uh, that's like a a novelty at the time. Yeah. Boop, boop, on his horse. He uh, uh, comes out, again, a lot of, uh, some politics shows. he's back for a second time. A few Desert Storm jokes. He has just an incredibly stupid joke about uh, faxing Madonna Mm -hmm. because faxing was like a thing and also it sounds like fucking so then it kind of like that's the the play on And Madonna was
1: there with Michael
0: Jackson correct Michael Jackson is at this Oscars (laughs) burying the lead perhaps uh this one you sent me I loved it too Jeremy Irons was nominated for reversal of fortune the Donald Trump story we never could get away with from our former president Donald Trump yeah uh he talked about former
1: president yeah
0: uh I would say I thought this is I texted you this I honestly think this is of what the ones we've watched this is his second one. So it's like he's definitely like into it, but not nervous. And I think the song. Like they asked him that because they he was successful the first time. And I think the songs are the best that he's done. It's it helps that the nominees for Best Picture are great, but he's got Goodfellas to Goody Goody, Dances with Wolves to uh Dancing in the Dark from the Bandwagon, goes to the tune of. love and the godfather part three to the song the love theme from godfather part three godfather and then awakenings uh tune of all the way all of these are great he has one line that i wrote down that i thought was so funny because even now he goes put duval in godfather four which is a hilarious reference because basically so godfather three brings back pacino (laughs) and talia shire uh, and Duval was like no. <laughs> Duval they undercut on pay and he was just like fuck you I'm not doing it. And it actually really hurts the movie because they replaced Duval with George Hamilton. And no disrespect to George Hamilton, who seems like a very nice man maybe, but oh my gosh, he cannot replace Duval with George Hamilton. There several
1: casting replacements in Godfather Part 3. Yes.
0: Well certainly most famously obviously, Sophia Coppola plays uh, yeah. Michael's daughter instead of like Monona uh,
1: because Manona, she was exhausted from yes, her maids. Yes. Raids. Yes.
0: Correct. Um but yeah, I was like, oh man, if that, that's a really funny joke that even now, and that's something that obviously like has lived on. But then even at the Oscars, Billy Crystal's like, Duval should have been Godfather Part three because you really needed him and you need the character. He dies off screen. It's very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's, that was all I got down for Billy. Anything else you noted for his opening?
1: No, I like the opening. Um, it's, it's like perfectly Billy. And yeah, the songs were good.
0: Songs are really good. It's yeah. Very fun. Uh, yeah. So we open up with our first award of the night. Joyce uh, is best supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Washington comes out. It's great seeing him. One last year, I love seeing young Denzel. It's just a, just a uh, treat because now, oh, obviously, you see him, and he's a he's a sixty year old man, not not as young as he used to be. But he comes out. He's great. He's that's, like that's
1: what happens.
0: You age. Yeah, but... Aging is tough. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg wins. And Joyce, I absolutely love this. She is thrilled. You know, I think nowadays it's like, it's certainly like Anne Hathaway got dunked on for being like, it came true. And like the world is just shitty and people don't, are mean to everybody and everything stinks, but Whoopi's thrilled. And she lets people know she's thrilled for winning for Ghosts.
1: I absolutely love it. She was always it. very open about wanting to win. And like, and she talked about how, like, I mean, she became the first black woman to win since Hattie McDaniel yes. for Gone yes. with the Win. So she's
0: first black uh, woman. came out so, in
1: 1939. So.
0: so decades later, her speech is incredible. I, I pulled it up. I just want to read it. She says, thanks. Ever since I was, she's like, literally, they show her. She's like, yes, like in the crowd. It's so cool. The winning reaction shot rules. And then she's like, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted this. You don't know. My brother's sitting there saying, he's saying, thank God we don't have to listen to this anymore. You can do it now. My mom's home. Everybody's watching. And she thanks Paramount and Jerry Zucker, uh who's the director who was snubbed in best director and I think probably should have gotten nominated I have to thank Patrick Swayze who's a stand-up guy I went to them them and said I want to do it with her I want to thank Demi period and then I want to thank everybody who makes movies I come from New York as a little kid I lived in the projects and you're the people I watched you're the people uh I wanted who me made me want to be an actor I'm so proud to be here I'm proud to be an actor and I'm going to keep on acting and thank you so much great speech. It's a great moment. It's honestly one of my favorite, one of these speeches that we've seen. I just thought everything about it was perfect.
1: Her speech is one of the ones I rewatch a lot. So because it is one of like the genuinely thrilled and excited reactions that you really don't get anymore these days because everyone's trying to act cool or like it's like expected. And also, you know, we didn't have a lot of precursors back then, you know, SAG did not exist yet.
0: No. And I would say a theme from the acting winners is that almost all of them, with the exception of Joe Pesci, who is very humbled, uh, expresses immense joy of having won. They're like, I wanted this, I wanted to win. And Kathy Bates says it later. She's like, I've, waited, I've been waiting a long time to say thank you to the Academy. Like she's yeah. straight up like, I want to win.
1: Yeah, even- and then you think about, you know, back when like Shirley MacLaine finally won, she basically said the same thing, you know?
0: And then even like, uh, I think even uh, Jeremy Iron says it too. He's like, oh, this is great. Like nowadays, I don't think you get that kind of like open enthusiasm. Because, it's- like,
1: people come for you when you act like you want it, right? right? Or, like, that's what
0: happened to Anne Hathaway. Right. I think Anne Hathaway started that, and people were like, oh, I don't want to get Anne Hathaway. So I can't actually pretend I want this, even if you yeah. do want it, which stinks because yeah. they should want it. It rules. Win an Oscar. Like,
1: that's, yeah. And <laughs> it's like, why are you campaigning then? If you, like, don't.
0: <laughs> Want to win this. <laughs> uh so Joyce, do you want to keep going through each winner, or do you want to do the categories, or how do you want to do this? We always I always get confused to how we want to do this.
1: But just go into the best picture.
0: <laughs> Great. Uh so best picture. We said the nominees were uh Dances with Wolves, which had 12 nominations, I believe, wins seven. Just an outrageous haul. Uh Good Fellas, six nominations, uh, wins one Oscar, Travesty, Awakenings. Uh, which had, I think, six or seven nominations. Oh, no, sorry. Awakens had three nominations. That's the other best picture. Uh, and Ghost, and then The Godfather Part 3. Those are those are the five best picture nominees. Dance and Rolls wins. Yes, not surprising. <laughs> not surprising. Immediately did not age well. And well, I'm sure Dance of the World is a fine movie. I haven't seen in a very long time. Goodfellas is the one of the best movies ever made. That it should not that it should have won an Oscar, clearly best picture.
1: I mean, it didn't win an Oscar,
0: just not best picture. <laughs> it needed to win best picture. That's what I mean. Uh it's just the best it's the best. It's the best movie. We're doing this a, a few weeks here after Ray Liotta died sadly. Uh and it's just an amazing movie. There no no, I've seen that movie more than any movie probably in the history of movies, Joyce, personally. Wow,
1: um, I last saw Goodfellas um, in college. so This is like 16 years ago.
0: Wow, and Joyce.
1: No, yeah, I and because I took an Italian American like in film class, which is as an elective, because I needed just electives to like finish college. Um, and yeah, so we watched a lot of Scorsese picks, including this. So that was the last time I've seen Goodfellas.
0: I would say it's honestly the perfect movie. I know when we did this for Pulp Fiction, it was like, I was like, oh, I think Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie. Goodfellas is absolutely my favorite movie. I take it back. No offense to Pulp Fiction. It's like my second favorite. Uh, The Goodfellas is no notes. And I think it could have gotten, it should have gotten a ton of more uh, Oscar shine. And clearly this was the moment when the Oscars were not into Martin Scorsese, right? Like that was like the narrative. That was the thing. And he was another person to go with the Whoopi Goldberg thing. Like we're talking about, he actively wanted it and was mad that he wasn't getting it, right? Like, I mean, you sent me those quotes. He was like, disappointed. Yeah,
1: because you you don't have the version of Inside
0: Oscar that you need. No, as you said, Joyce, I'm so bad at this, I think. You are bad. Because uh,
1: we've already went through several years with you not having... Um, I don't have this.
0: The, my book ends. It's it one of the ones I have. You need the 10th anniversary edition. I need the 10th anniversary and I'm not buying it again. I'm just not doing it. You're so bad. Joyce Ng to me on text. Thank you. I know. I just send uh, you
1: like screenshots of uh, select.
0: Excerpts. No, but you have like, we we were talking about in the thing. It was about Martin Scorsese, certainly. And like how. Uh,
1: yeah. And so this is, this is how the chapter ends. Um, so obviously, Goodfellas does not win Best Picture. And then... So Janet Maslin denigrated Academy as, quote, an organization capable of deeming Kevin Costner a better director than Martin Scorsese, parentheses, the evening's single biggest outrage, close parentheses, end quote. Gene Seymour of Newsday demanded to know, quote, what is it going to take? What wheels does Martin Scorsese have to grease? Who does he have to buy off or knock off, end quote. Uh, Premier, blah, 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 angry. Yeah, they said Scorsese was angry and disappointed. Um, and that he told the magazine, quote, I wish I could be like some of the other guys and say, no, I don't care about it. But for me, a kid growing up on the Lower East Side watching from the first telecast of the Oscars, there's a certain magic out there, end quote. Two Scorsese veterans expressed their opinions. Harvey Keitel reasoned that, quote, maybe he got what he deserves, exclusion from the mediocre, Incredible, incredible
0: quote. Incredible Taxi quote.
1: drivers, Jodie Foster said, quote, When you look at the 10 old ladies who put down dances with wolves instead of Goodfellas, I don't know. The Oscars are like, bingo, who
0: cares? End quote. Jody will not, not uh, when she wins next year for Silence of the lambs. And it's already an Oscar winner too. I already is an Oscar winner. Here's the other quote I was going to, you know, this is what he was saying. Like people like saying that, like, Oh, like who cares? Your movies are great. It doesn't matter. Right. That kind of thing. But he, here was another one. he sent me, I have to go back to the night 10 years ago when he lost for raging bull Ordinary people, ordinary people, uh, to Robert Redford, because that was when I understood the kind of pictures I would be making, maybe outside the mainstream of Hollywood production. Still, Hollywood's highest honor is the Oscar, and you can't just say it isn't given accurately. John Ford has six. So he really, it does mean something to him. Like the history of Hollywood, there are great winners. In the mid, the terrible winners, like Driving Miss Daisy. Even like, from
1: the mediocre.
0: <laughs> even amid the mediocre, there are really legendary people who won yeah, Oscars. sometimes,
1: as we've talked about, they get it right, like Silence of the Lambs. Right.
0: And this yeah. time, they did not get it right. Now, I will say, if you look at Scorsese's filmography going into Goodfellas, like, I'm not surprised necessarily that he did not win for it because- like he said, the movies he was making are not necessarily the, the mainstream. I think Raging Bull, you could argue, should have won. It definitely could have won Best Director, I would say, over Robert Redford on uh, Ordinary People. But I think Ordinary People is actually a great movie as well. And I think, I as, a movie, I think as a movie, it might actually hold up more than Raging Bull slightly. King of Comedy, he comes out, is now a beloved movie, but it was completely denigrated at the time. After Hours, it's so much so that he like went into a spiral of depression. Comes back with After Hours, which is a very small scale uh, comedy. Another one that has aged really well and that people love. Uh, Then he does Color of Money, which is like a mainstream Tom Cruise. Paul Newman wins an Oscar movie, but not really him. Last Temptation of Christ, which is like the most controversial thing at the time. And spent a lot of capital and like on that. And then he comes back with Goodfellas. So it's like, it's not like anybody was like, oh, Martin Scorsese is due maybe in the Academy at the time, right? Like I think Goodfellas helps kicks off the narrative that actually we should give him. Like when he doesn't win for that, it makes it easier to go. We got to give him an Oscar one of these years.
1: Yeah, like I obviously was not following this at as it happened back then in 1991. Um, but I do, I think like, You know, now it's easy to say, you know, when he finally won for Departed, it's like, oh, he was overdue. But at that point, his biggest loss was just to Robert Redford and Ordinary People, right? So then you could say, like, he, like, I think he should have at least one director, (laughs) even if, like, Goodfellas wasn't going to win Best Picture.
0: Right. And I mean, like, um, and in the years after Goodfellas, like none of these movies are necessarily going to get him there. Right. So it was like Cape Fear was right after great movie, popcorn entertainment, and then he Age though. of
1: Innocence, which was completely different.
0: Age of Innocence was completely different. Uh, Casino, which, again, has aged better than it. The response at the time was that it was like Goodfellas too. people didn't really care. Coon Dune, which was like another completely left field move from him. Bringing Out the Dead, which was like a gritty indie, even though dressed up. Then he comes back with Gangs of New York, which is like a decades-long passion project pushed by Harvey to try to win. He doesn't win. Then The Aviator, another like massive passion project with Leo, pushed, doesn't win. And then The Departed, which is like a great movie. I know you agree. Nobody's going to denigrate The Departed in this podcast, certainly.
1: Yeah. And then it was like, it was finally his time and- you know they got George Lucas, Spielberg, and Francis Ford Coppola to yes. present Best Director, and I'm like, guys, he is- better
0: win. that's yeah. that's the Steven Soderbergh move. Sometimes yeah. it pays off. Sometimes it, it, it wasn't the
1: last category though, but they they did that. Sometimes it pays off. He sometimes. finally yeah. won, but yeah, like it just had it was, you know, there was enough time at that point that had passed that like he hadn't won and he had been overlooked, but like back in like '91, it was just like, ordinary people beating it, basically. Um, right. Raging Bull, basically. So, and I I think, like, the vibe of the Oscars and, like, the membership of him just would not give a movie, like, Goodfellas.
0: No, it was, it, was it wasn't, like, a fun phenomenon,
1: phenomenon or anything, really.
0: No. You
1: know, was, like, it, A Sign of the Lambs.
0: It wasn't, like, A Sign of the Lambs, and certainly from a box-off perspective, it was, like, a relative disappointment, and people did not like it some people like the the ending is polarizing or it was I remember like the studio like the test screenings were like holy cow get me out of this movie even though it's like the best part but uh I mean the other thing is if you look at the competition the years he wins it's like or the years that he could win right like um Departed is a fantastic movie it's honestly like top three Scorsese for me I absolutely love it I've watched a million times
1: I I watched that all the time,
0: <laughs> It's a great movie. I don't, I'm not here for people like revision, revisionist history on The Departed rules and Jack Nicholson rules. And when we talk about that one, whatever, I'll, I'll be stumping for him winning supporting actor maybe but uh, the fact that remains that year's best picture lineup was pretty soft. So it was an easy way to get him a win. You know what I mean? Like, I think if The Departed was up against Dance with Wolves, it would still be Dancing with Wolves. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the, there was no alternative. Well, is it like
1: The Departed competing in 1990 or like *Dances with Wolves* competing in 2006,
0: I think *Dances with like, Wolves* competing in 2006 *Dances with Wolves* would still win. I think it's like the traditional Oscar movie that would win. I don't think Scorsese, when he's up against like a big bold face like melodrama, like ordinary people, or like epic like *Dances with Wolves* can compete. But when he's up against like a *The Little Miss Sunshine* is like the the top alternate pick. It's like a small family comedy that's not going to cut it you know what I mean I just think like that's partially why he won for Departed
1: yeah I mean like that like the 2000 I, I like most of the films in 2006 they're
0: and good like, they're just not that. like slammed but I
1: also like I don't know like because then we're, we're saying that like Dances with Wolves like came out in 2006 and would have been as big in 2006
0: I, I kind of think yes even if it came out now it would be canceled probably or just destroyed but uh if it came out then i still think it would have been like a big deal i don't know i, I could see it happening but those, those were the five best picture nominees so the, we didn't even talk to the other ones obviously i think we both would you put goodfellas here as the winner if you were going to actually redo it yeah
1: i would vote of these five i would vote for goodfellas um i i'm also like not a big awakening fan. like i another one i have not i know i know so many people who love that movie, and I'm just like, I've never been into it.
0: A totally fine movie, weepy yeah. kind of like drama again, big, big Hollywood movie. Uh, yeah, with and like a De Niro performance. I, in I guess I would, rank,
1: I would rank it Goodfellas Ghost. Um, I don't know, I don't care, I don't really care about the
0: last three. So I would, if it was me, I would do Goodfellas Ghost, Godfather Three, Awakenings, Dance with Wolves, probably. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm. Ghost is a great movie, so I came up with the, my. Alternate five, I actually found relatively easy to tell me, or or additional five, if this was like a 10 nominees choice, tell me what you came up with. But I got uh, The Grifters uh, nominated.
1: Stephen was nominated for
0: director. (laughs) Stephen Frears nominated for director, Angela Houston for best actress and uh, Annette Benning for best supporting actress. So plus a screenplay nomination. So it was clearly a beloved movie, solid movie. I have Reversal of Fortune, uh, another best director nominee, um, Uh, Barbette Schroeder uh, and also Jeremy Irons wins best actor. So I feel like that was an easy one. (laughs) I put Dick Tracy in there because it had a ton of nominations. I think it had six or seven, right? Um, Yeah.
1: And it won, I think three, right?
0: Yeah. So it won three Oscars, had seven nominations. So I put that in there. Um, I have Cyrano de Bergerac, had six nominations as well. um, And had a best actor, oh, five nominations, excuse me. and had a best actor nomination for Gerard Depardieu. So I thought Cyrano was an easy one, and then I put Pretty Woman in, uh, because it was the top, you know, blockbuster hit with, you know, Julie Roberts in there. I think you can make the case for Misery as that last one as well. That would be my ten, but I I, I kept Pretty Woman in. I would put Home Alone in there. I had Home Alone on my alternate list. I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Great movie.
1: Home Alone, um, yeah, like it's also like this is the era of when box office mattered too
0: right so. well that was why I went with pretty woman instead of home alone
1: I mean those were the top three films it was ghost home alone and pretty woman yes yeah
0: uh, so. again great if that was the 10 great lineup even if it's home alone a pretty woman and the other nine that's great yeah, yeah I don't like know you,
1: I, if, and like I think if you showed that list to um like casuals they'll be like oh yeah that's definitely like representative of 1990 in film yeah, more yeah. so than the actual uh, five nominations or yeah
0: great uh great stuff so best director will go here next we talked about this kevin Costner wins uh for dance with the wolves uh sure uh, scorsese should have won obviously the other nominees were francis Ford Coppola, Stephen frears for the grifters and barbett schroeder for reversal of fortune so no penny marshall for awakenings which i think is a somewhat of a snub and no uh jerry uh no, no Jerry Zucker for Ghost, another snub. I think Jerry Zucker actually should have gotten nominated, but I think because he was so closely associated with uh, comedies, he was not. Obviously like famous uh, director I think of the Airplane. Jerry
1: was probably like sixth.
0: Yeah, probably. Because uh, I think
1: it would rather nominate him than
0: Penny Marshall. <laughs> so. And then I also thought Warren Beatty could have been in here for Dick Tracy. Mm, sure. But the list of directors I have here, Joyce, is just outrageous. So the other names I wrote down, I don't think any of these would have gotten in, but it's like, you have uh, Paul Verhoeven for Total Recall and Abel Ferreira for King of New York. Clearly not gonna happen, but like two legendary filmmakers doing great work. Gary Marshall for Pretty Woman, uh, you know, mainstream kind of entertainment. Tim Burton for Edward Scissorhands. I think you can make a case for like him maybe, uh, maybe getting in. Rob Reiner for Misery, I thought was, I'm surprised wasn't more seriously considered. Mike Nichols. Yeah, I would nominate
1: uh, Rob, but I I it I don't I don't think like like that genre. Um, I mean, it's it's still kind of amazing that Kathy Bates won for <laughs> Misery, you know? Yeah. So I and, I don't think they were ready to do more than that for like a horror, no. like a Stephen King horror film.
0: And then uh, Mike Nichols' Postcards from the Edge and Cronenberg for David Cronenberg for Reversal of Fortune, I thought were all uh, possibilities as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I would just say, like, the yeah, I think like Jerry was probably six and like Penny was probably after him. I don't even know how close Penny would have been.
0: I i think not close at all because of the yeah. sexism of like the industry and probably not taking her seriously. So I would say like Jerry was probably six for sure, and then maybe like a Mike Nichols or Cronenberg for Reversal of Fortune or something like that. But it was like you know, or Alan Packola for like Presumed Innocent, maybe, right? Is didn't he direct Presumed Innocent? Mm.
1: Yeah, but I don't
0: think he will get like best director nomination. I'm saying even maybe not be, maybe not best director, but probably ahead of uh ahead of anyone. I mean,
1: I mean, Awakening's got a best picture nomination, so
0: true. Yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's wins. like
1: so it's like like so insulting, you know, like what will nominate your film for best it's it's like purposefully like snubbing her. And it's like obviously it's like the directors.
0: Not well nominated. they kind of snubbed the whole movie it only had three nominations
1: yeah but it's it's like it still made it in to the top prize you know right it's, it's i mean it's like well it's like each individual branch like snubbing the uh, the other parts sure, of it sure
0: yeah very very fun uh but that's a great list of directors just those ones that i mentioned like not even mike nick i mean like that's like all-time directors you're doing stuff anybody i didn't mention joyce spike lee from Mobeta blues you think uh Academy of after. I mean, are, are we
1: just like listing people now or people who <laughs> can actually, like we can just listing people who directed movies in 1990?
0: Who directed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, Best Actor Joyce, the winner's Jeremy Irons playing Klaus von Bülow and *Universal of Fortune, Costner, a nominee here for Dance with Wolves, De Niro for Awakenings, Depardieu for Cyrano, and Richard Harris for The Field, directed by Jim Sheridan. I yeah, say, I would I
1: mean, nominate Ray liotta
0: so <laughs> like, let's go let's go there I the two people I wrote down who actually should have got nominated are Ray Liotta and Macaulay Culkin
1: yes same so Macaulay Culkin nominated for a golden globe lost the globe so rude
0: I I honestly would probably boot De Niro for awakenings it's a stunt performance and not like this feels like one of them it's a funny that you have we actually again, have a, a Merrill performance in I, I don't well. like I
1: don't care for awakenings at all so like like can't I like
0: him, Yeah, him and Robin Williams. (laughs) Sure. I would probably dump De Niro and I might dump Richard Harris only because I have not seen the field. Apologize. I apologize to Richard Harris stands out there. Uh, But Ray Liotta absolutely should have gotten nominated. I don't actually, I kind of understand why, but like, man, it's just such an amazing performance. Like not just because he's like a rest in peace Ray Liotta, but like, wow, he just absolutely dominates the movie. The voiceover is like impeccable the best readings, line readings of all time. I feel like he's just like the greatest voiceover artist in this movie. The performance is great. Uh, He does so many different things as Henry. He makes him so likable and so seductive. And obviously you know better than to think he's likable and seductive and it still works. Just absolute movie star performance. Holds his own with De Niro and Pesci and Paul Sorvino and Martin Scorsese. And I don't understand how he didn't get nominated. I I just don't. He could have won here, to be honest.
1: It, it's funny because his, yeah, his voiceover in the film is great, um, and better than Costner's
0: in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a superior um, performance.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I don't, because I don't think he got, I mean, there are fewer, like, critics awards back then, too, so, I'm, like, he didn't win any of those, so, I don't know, maybe he was, like, too newish at the time or i don't know but it's like it's like the lead performance and it's very much like the vein of um you know like leo's performance and like wolf of wall street
0: absolutely and and obviously leo got the, the nomination for wolf of wall street it is and i think the the issues probably without having a time machine are that a you're right. Like he's like a relative unknown, and more known as a, a supporting actor going into this because he was in something wild, obviously Jonathan Demi. That was like his breakout, and then Field of Dreams, he plays Shula's Joe, Uh, and that was like a very nice performance with Costner. So, you know, uh, and this, I just think that I think that's part of the problem. And I think again, the response to the movie, he's not a guy you're necessarily rooting for, and the last half of the movie, or last 35 minutes of the movie, he's just awful but it's amazing. And like, I think that's just like a tough line for people to go, to, a tough journey for people to go on, especially when they're like Oscar voters who uh, are celebrating mediocrity, as Harvey Keitel would say. So, uh, let Joyce, yeah, like do you all...
1: The White Saber and like uh, Dances with Wolves, so.
0: Yeah, gotta have the White Saber in there. Joyce, you're the Home Alone expert. So so why don't you wax eloquently about Macaulay Culkin here? Because I agree you should get nominated, but why?
1: Like He is the movie literal child carrying the whole movie um like it's no co-stars for what like 80% of the movie it's just him inside the house and yeah obviously star making turn um iconic performance now yeah, memes all around and I sometimes I feel like if the if Kevin were a girl like the Lee character were a girl like maybe I don't know if like they would have been nominated, but maybe they would have been a shot because we know they like young
0: girls right. and not young boys. Yeah. I, so, I but can, also I can it's remember. a comedy
1: and that's like, you know, they have their comedy bias.
0: They do have a comedy bias, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think he could have gotten Do you think if Home Alone is today, do you think he gets nominated or like last year, let's say?
1: No. Like, they still don't, it's 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 kind of like what we do, you know, with, like, Jacob Tremblay in, like, Room, you know, and that's, like, right. a full-on drama with a Best Actress winner. Right, um, right. And I, yeah, I don't think, like, they're, well, I think they, they probably would try to, like, run him in supporting somehow, too, you know, because he's a child.
0: I definitely <laughs> think they would run him in supporting, because it's a high, high, I think it's a high qualification to get into Lee Joy, so he probably yeah. would not cut. It's, it's like
1: cut. Whale Rider, Keisha Castle-Hughes, like, Crystal right. Lee, the Whale, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um but yeah he should have definitely been nominated I think because it would just it's like like everyone knows that performance everyone has seen that movie
0: it's a legitimately I mean and if it's like miscast like that
1: movie would not work it's a legitimately
0: good performance he's really good he is actually really good in it. it it's a very fun performance uh the other people I wrote down none of these I think would have made it in but I'll just shout them out uh Johnny Depp for Edward Scissorhands. I think, you know, this was like an early Johnny Depp performance that people were like, oh, we like Johnny Depp. And he's like a young, a young actor poised to be like a De Niro type, basically, right? Or in that vein. Uh Richard Gear for Pretty Woman, I don't think would have gotten in at all, but big movie. His actress component gets in. So maybe. Uh Swayze for Ghost, I actually think maybe I would put right behind Leota and Culkin. I think Patrick Swayze is amazing in Ghost.
1: I would nominate Swayze. I, I, again, I think it's just not the type of performance they can go for the romantic lead. You know, I think right. that's like tough.
0: And then I I actually think Al Pacino in part three of Godfather rules. And I think he can make it in. I don't think I'd put him in ahead of the three people like Leota Culkin and Swayze, but I'd put him on my list. And do you like, I was, is Khan leader supporting in, in Misery? You could fudge him. Mm,
1: yeah, he's like, borderline. I um I would like because I when I think of misery, I just think of Kathy Bates. So I could like I'm I'm totally fine with he runs in supporting.
0: So I'll, I'll save him for supporting, but I really like that performance. I actually think he's he's good. Uh, did you write anybody else down here?
1: No, those were
0: that's it. My only ones uh and I uh, list we, every
1: single actor in a film like you do
0: <laughs> like you said uh <laughs> Jeremy Irons wins reversal of fortune and a good speech very uh you know uh he, like he like i said he he definitely wanted it he thanks cronenberg he thanks glenn close and and ron silver and the Well whole speaking thing. of
1: like borderline performances like he's he's kind of supporting in that film too because it's not really about
0: This him. is like the the heyday of lead actors who are not lead actors we'll have anthony hopkins wins next year or of this ceremony so you know, it is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. For Best Actress, like we said, Kathy Bates wins for Misery. I love this lineup. It's a really great lineup. Angelica Houston for The Grifters. Julie Roberts for Pretty Woman. Meryl from Postcards from the Edge and Joanne Woodward for Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. Uh, love this lineup. The only two people I like wrote down, three people were Demi Moore for Ghost. Sherilyn McClain for Postcards from the Edge, I thought could also be a lead. I don't think I would throw yeah, her into the she's in another
1: one who could go supporting.
0: But she could go supporting, and then Glenn close for reversal of fortune.
1: Yeah, I would nominate Glenn.
0: The problem is, who do you knock out here? I guess the obvious one would be like, or an easy one would be Joanne Woodward. But I think that's a good performance. I don't know, and she's a legend.
1: Yeah. Um, like that, that was just another like Joanne and Paul joint.
0: Yes, I mean we've done a lot of these almost every time we do these, there's a, a placeholder Merrill nomination, but she's- But I been, love
1: that, like, I love that movie and I love her performance.
0: Absolutely awesome. She's like one of her best performances in a great yeah, this movie. Yeah, is, this
1: is not a filler nom, like music of the heart. No. Or, yeah.
0: And uh, Julia and Pretty Woman is a, like a iconic, like amazing performance, I yes, think. Star
1: making performance.
0: And Negrifter's in an Angelica Houston Rules. I think that's just like a prime Angelica Houston performance. And obviously Kathy Bates for Misery winning. And like we said, she's very excited to win. She's like, I always wanted this. I wanted to say this. great moment
1: the Uh, both actress lineups are better than the actor lineups
0: yeah like i honestly would not make changes i I guess you could put glenn close in but this is a solid five Uh, this is like one of the most solid fives we've had and again
1: it's still cool that kathy bates won for those villainous roles like for a woman
0: great uh for supporting actor uh joe pesci wins for goodfellas legendary performance legendary role the other nominees are bruce davidson for long time long time companion Andy Garcia for The Godfather 3, Graham Greene for Dances with Wolves, and Al Pacino as Big Boy Caprice in Dick Tracy. Uh, Joe Pesci obviously has the great speech. It is my privilege. Thank you. That's all you need to do. No notes. Uh, I I wrote down a lot here. You might be surprised, but I don't know what I would put in or out. So uh, De Niro for Goodfellas, leader supporting.
1: Um, I would put him in supporting.
0: So I could see him. I would put him in. He's
1: already in lead anyway. For I, the I
0: would not nominate him for Awakenings. I would have nominated for for Goodfellas. I think it's like a prime De Niro performance. Tony Goldwyn for Ghost. Love.
1: I love Tony Goldwyn and Ghost. Like when I rewatched it.
0: Great um, performance. Also
1: like hilarious. The elevator scene when he's just coughing on everyone. Cause I, I also rewatched this during COVID obviously. It's
0: awesome. Just, uh,
1: yeah, he's, he would be anti-vaxxed.
0: I definitely want, I would put him in. Ron Silver for Reversal of Fortune, I think is like an easy one. He was an Oscar winner, according to the announcer. So maybe he could have gotten in here as a nominee. And then uh, the only other ones I wrote down were Albert Finney and John Turturro from Miller, Miller's Crossing. The movie had no buzz and was not a serious Oscar contender. But I think if you were doing it now, both of those guys would be like major, major factors here.
1: Um, Yeah, I can see that.
0: And then Joe Pesci for Home Alone, Joyce. So I know he couldn't, uh, got to pick one.
1: Would you, if you had to uh, nominate him for between Goodfellas or
0: Home Alone, what would you nominate? It's Goodfellas, but he's great in Home Alone. Holy cow! What a performance! Uh, so good.
1: I mean, like I, you know, big year for Joe Pesci.
0: This is like the biggest year in the fall of uh, 1990. He had Goodfellas and Home Alone. Yeah, just un- unmatched. Mm-hmm. It is. I like privilege. to think
1: that he also won for Home Alone.
0: I think he probably did a little bit uh he swept through seemingly this was like an obvious win right like uh it
1: was no because uh bruce davison won the globe so it was like i think he was like the slight favorite um right. but i think you know pesci just complete scene ceiling performance
0: correct just um, iconic
1: yeah and then like coupled with like home alone as well so um and yeah, uh, it's it's Godfellas only win. Um, I don't like. I think like Graham Greene would have been a good win as well. Like that's a really good performance.
0: Um,
1: and
0: yeah, Pacino. I mean the Al Pacino pro- nomination I think <laughs> is a, a waste and a filler. Like, but this
1: is when they were just like continuing to nominate him and he he hasn't won yet at this point.
0: Pretty wild. Uh, and I love Andy Garcia in Godfather 3. He's actually quite good. It's a good, it's like a breakout performance, I would say, for Andy Garcia, certainly. Um, supporting actress, like we mentioned, Whoopi Goldberg wins for Ghost. Just an incredible uh, comedic performance that works. And uh, Annette Bening for The Grifters, Lorraine Bracco for Goodfellas, Diane Ladd for Wild at Heart, and Mary McDonnell for Dances with Wolves. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. So, lots of uh, tidbits in inside Oscar. Yes.
0: Regale me with the tidbits, Joyce.
1: <laughs> um, who? Which one should I start with, Diane or or Mary? I mean, Mary's uh, like she, she. It doesn't have anything to do with her or anything she did. It's just what was written.
0: Yeah, why don't um, you do Mary first?
1: Mary, hold on. Let
0: me. I, will so say well, I was looking it up when yeah, when yeah.
1: they're. In the and in the section about dances with wolves, I'm talking about like how like Kevin Costner got the movie off the ground. Um, so Costner was willing to bow to Hollywood convention in two respects: the film would include a love story involving a white woman, who conveniently happened to be adopted by the tribe already, and would have Costner's customary nude scene. So, so then, yeah, later when in the section about the nominations, or Or, oh, no, like predictions, so. Oh, no, I guess, uh, well, yeah, it's fine. Um, Pundits decreed that the one sure thing outside of Dances with Wolves was supporting actress contender Whoopi Goldberg, who was facing the Grifters and at Benning, Dances with Wolves' white woman, Mary McDonald, (laughs) Goodfellas' Lorraine Bracco, and pasta chef, Diane Ladd. So the pasta chef thing.
0: Yes, context, Joyce.
1: Because... Um, In the section about campaigning, uh, so Ladd wrote letters to members inviting them to borrow uh, one of the tapes of uh, Wild at Heart. She estimated that 300 voters saw Wild at Heart this way. The actress went so far as to invite Academy members over for spaghetti dinner and a movie afterward. 20 took her up on it, including Esther Williams, Abe Vagoda, and longtime friend Shelly Winters, who later made phone calls for the cause. Wow. They and working it.
0: Good for her. Uh, yeah. I I will say I, I don't want to give the answers with any credit, but I it's funny to me that they at least we're not like we're gonna have Mary McDonald play a Native American, like we have to have a white actress playing a Native American. At least
1: she stayed white.
0: At least she stayed white, yeah. Like it's so the, the lowest of low bars. But honestly, when I read that last night, when you sent it to me, I was like, I'm surprised that they actually thought that carefully about.
1: It. It's like we're still gonna be problematic, but, but we're not, not gonna make her a Native American.
0: Yes. We're gonna be problematic, but not as problematic as maybe you. Think. That's how we're gonna be very. It's progressively problematic choice. That, yeah. that, that was that was their thinking here. Uh, this is a tough category. I don't know who else did you write down here um
1: i did oh i i had shirley in here if she went um yeah supporting we could i think she i think she could i think definitely now if the movie came out now they would split them up um yeah i don't i think let me check the globes where was she in the globes let me ask you this i think they
0: i think that's right i think they would have split them up she was nominated
1: and supporting at globes
0: so shirley McLean, if she gets nominated does she beat Whoopi Goldberg? No, I don't think so either.
1: No, yeah. um, uh, I also have a uh, Diane Weist from Everett Scissor Hands, nice and Winona for
0: Mermaids. <laughs> and I wrote down a uh, Madonna for Dick Tracy, of course, you did. <laughs> but and then this one, I again a, a few years early, but marcia Gay Harden for Miller's Crossing, which would again never get nominated, but she's awesome in it. It's like a really great performance
1: uh marshall only gets nominated uh, without hitting any precursors right and so this is the era of like basically no precursors so right it's too early for
0: her <laughs> uh, and then we be wins and then now we usually go through screenplay uh and we could go back to the ceremony because there were some other stuff i wrote down but the screenplay ghost wins original screenplay woody allen at the then customary nomination for original screenplay for alice Barry Levinson for Avalon, Peter Weir for Green Card, and Witz Stillman for Metropolitan. Just a wild list of nominees here.
1: Um, yeah, I'm totally fine with Ghosts' Win.
0: Me too, but I would have stumped for Pretty Woman and Home Alone in here as well.
1: Yeah, I would have nominated Home Alone.
0: And then for adapted screenplay, Dance with Wolves wins over Goodfellas, which is just a crime. The script for Goodfellas is like, un- no notes, completely perfect.
1: I mean, I have not read the novel by michael blake so um but you know he adapted his own book and I know he i know like like kevin costner had like encouraged him to like continue writing because they had worked together on like an earlier film right so he encouraged him to write this book and then he optioned it obviously so i think it's like a nice story and his speech is great
0: his speech was great and like very Mm -hmm. cool but like Goodfellas should have won. Awakenings, the other nominee, Steve Zallian, uh, a well, Also, the winner. other thing
1: about Goodfellas is Scorsese co-wrote the script. No, doesn't co-write a lot of scripts, no. obviously. And I think, like in the, the current era, like we always talk about, like how like the screenplay awards is like a consolation prize if you're not going to win Best Picture or, or something, you know. So they could have taken care of Scorsese here,
0: too. I think if if it was the current era, this would have been a Black Klansman win for Scorsese.
1: Yeah, like Very that's sweet. yeah, like you knew, like Spike was not winning.
0: Spike was not winning anything else, but he was going to win because he was a screenwriter, and that's it. And I mm-hmm. think that would have happened here. Awakening, Steve Zallian, a future winner. Uh, Donald Westlake adapting his own, uh, uh, excuse, Donald Westlake adapting Grifters and Reversal Fortune, Nicholas Kazan. Uh, pretty dope, dope list of nominees, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I would go Pelleggi and Scorsese for Goodfellas. The book so, wise guy, so, so, is so let's good. say,
1: like, Goodfellas won this category. with their... I guess, like, what would have been the level of outcry for Scorsese to win an Oscar for directing?
0: I think you not know, as big. He would
1: still be an Oscar winner.
0: I think not as big, but I still think The Departed against the competition would have won. Like, who, what other the directors that year were just not on the level?
1: So it was Clint, again, who had won two years prior beating him.
0: <laughs> right. For a movie that wasn't as, like, well-received.
1: So, yeah. I don't uh, think Clint would have won. Yeah. So, he, he could... Yeah, like I think, and I think people would think it's weird that he won an Oscar for writing because yeah. people don't think of him as a writer. He's not like a writer, director, auteur, like some
0: people are. Correct. Uh, so the ceremony, dress, just a few things I wrote down here uh, before we wrap up. Uh, let's see. Edward Edward Scissorhands edited Bonfire of the Vanities. Great joke, Billy. Bonfire of Vanities is like the biggest novel, Tom Wolfe uh the 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 uh the devil's candy is a great book and also a podcast if you don't want to read like myself I'm not a reader Joyce as you know uh so you can listen no, you to can't
1: them. even finish chapters
0: <laughs> no I can't even finish chapters so uh great book great podcast about the the fraud production just just a disaster for minute one but it's a funny year because you have De Palma and Scorsese and Coppola all making movies really and Scorsese is the only one who's an unequivocal success I would argue. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. What do you think Tom Cruise said to Nicole Kimmon when Joe Pesci won? He whispers something to her.
1: He, and like repeatedly whispered something and she's just like nodding like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it was something very pedantic.
0: That guy's in Goodfellas.
1: Like telling her something she already knows or like maybe it's like, like he deserves that or something. She's like, yeah, I know
0: we've talked about this. So you mentioned Annette benning uh, <laughs> doing uh, Bugsy at the time, right?
1: They were, I think they were filming it. Well, in Inside Oscar, um, she like was wearing a dress that she borrowed from the set
0: of Bugsy. They announced her, I thought this was great. Billy Crystal among his announcements says, Annette Bening will soon be seen as Catwoman in Batman 2. Why are they making another one? Uh, And uh, that's hilarious. I actually had to go back and look it up. She was of course cast as Catwoman and Batman yeah. for uh, Batman Returns
1: and then she had to drop out because sh- she got pregnant
0: yes so she was yeah. having child Warren baby and uh Michelle Pfeiffer who really wanted to play Catwoman ended up with the role and the rest is history Michelle Pfeiffer I think we can argue probably should have been an Oscar winner for Catwoman or Batman Batman Returns and yes
1: well we haven't done that year so
0: when we get to that year we'll get to it soon I guess uh Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin do the score uh a just deadly deadly sex joke that Kim Basinger has to say to crickets. It, yeah, it was it was rough. And then like Alec Baldwin goes like this, it it is awful.
1: And they had like just started dating at this point, yeah. Too. Yes. So it was um, yeah, like just I I don't I don't know how I feel about like when they have like couples present
0: like real life couples oh, present it's so uncomfortable. That one was like rough. they
1: did that with like uh Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon one year, and then like that that joke was that he was about to open and announce the winner. And then she's like, can I do it? And then he says, you make more than me, go ahead. And then they split like a year later. <laughs>
0: uh, so the this- score,
1: the category, I would have given it to Surprise, Home Alone, even hey. though I think the Dance Will score is really good as well.
0: So the funny thing about Dance the Wolves score is it's by John Barry, who obviously is famous for his James Bond music. And when they started playing it, I did not thought of Dance the Wolves in a long time. And when I started playing, it, I was like, oh, this sounds just like the James Bond theme. And then I was like, oh, it's Sean Barry. No kidding. Of course it does. So uh, I'm not surprised Dancing with the Wolves won, but the Home Alone score from John Williams is legitimately iconic.
1: The Home Alone score is as unmistakable as the house in Home Alone.
0: Correct. It, it is of his non-Star Wars, Jaws, uh, Indiana Jones material. I think it is his best score. I think it's yeah, better. And it's just Potter. like, it,
1: like every type of motif that he had for all the different tones in the movies was perfect like all the cheeky like heist yes. stuff and then like the heartwarming like christmas time stuff you know it was like perfect yeah
0: so and then going to song like we mentioned earlier sooner or later i always get my man uh from dick tracy music and lyrics by stephen sondheim who is like i'm not coming to this thing uh wins congratulations stephen sondheim uh the other nominees are blaze of glory from young guns i'm checking out from postcards from the edge Promise me you'll remember from Godfather Part Three and somewhere in my memory another nomination for Home Alone. Uh, I'm glad Steven Sondheim won an Oscar, but man, Blaze of Glory absolutely rules, Joyce. What a song! It should have won. Uh, I was really fascinated by the Young Guns movies. You'll be surprised to know uh, I was a big. Fan. I love Young Guns. Great movies. I love. Uh, I love. What if? What if Old West but Brad Pack? Great concept. Whoever came up with that. Deserves all the money they made on it, probably. You
1: know, this is the Western that should have dominated
0: the Oscars this year. (laughs) Uh, Another one I want to talk about, uh, Richard Silbert wins uh, for production design for Dick Tracy. Just an absolute legend. There's a book uh, that's by about the making of Chinatown, which I already forgot what it is called. So I will look it up here as we're doing it. Um, But the big goodbye Chinatown in the last years of Hollywood by Sam Watson. So it's all about like Chinatown in the Paramount era stuff that we've seen in the offer, uh, plugging the offer here as usual. Uh, and Richard Silver is a major part of that. And he wins here for Dick Tracy. He worked on so many movies, Joyce, he did uh, Virginia Wolf, did Virginia Wolf. He did facing the crowd, Manchurian candidate, uh graduate Rosner's baby, carnal knowledge, Chinatown reds, Cotton Club, uh, did Bonfire Vanities that same year, uh, worked many times with Polanski and Ilya Kazan, Mike Nichols, and Warren Beatty. Um, he was his, he, he actually, Robert Evans named this guy the, his successor when he relinquished production uh, chief job at Paramount. that He oversaw Bad News Bears in Nashville as head of Paramount, just an absolute legend. And he wins an Oscar, and his speech is great. And he kind of references, like, we've been here a lot. And I'm, like, super glad to win, basically, which I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, and he also, he worked on Cheers, too. Yeah,
0: just right? an absolute legend. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this last night we were talking about. They have Bob Hope come out. Uh, what, what is, it's a uh, Motion Picture Memories.
1: It, again, in, in the theme of, you know, the invention of movies and, like, the camera, he comes out, no, no standing ovation no. for Bob Hope. Tough beat. These people. And, like, he's, like... He stands there, like, they're still applauding. And then it, like, gradually, I guess, it's, like, 11 people start standing. But still, not even a quarter of the audience is standing for him. And then he makes a joke about, like, how old he is, basically.
0: Like, he he remembers, like, the first Oscars. And he is old. Uh, I think he's, like, 88 years old at the time.
1: Yeah. And then just, like, a, a long speech about, you know, like, movie memories. And then they play a pretty long montage of actors talking about the first movie memories
0: so it's it's a lot it ends i think and begins with katherine hepburn though she's not pictured
1: it's just they they just pulled some clip uh like a an audio clip of her talking
0: uh i'm not here to to cancel anyone posthumously but i will say the one that stood out to me was Hume cronin going birth of a nation uh not necessarily as age, well though maybe it was the first movie he saw uh certainly
1: yeah you know sometimes your parents take you to see things you know if you're especially for a child Uh, Macaulay Culkin is also in this and he couldn't even think of like the
0: first movie he saw (laughs) pretty funny bit um (laughs) and then uh other stuff other stuff I wrote down Joyce uh Billy Crystal does an entire extended sequence to introduce De Niro who is introducing Dance with Wolves and it basically is the the pitch for Analyze This he is doing De Niro's, He's doing an impression. He's like, you talking to me? You talking to me? It's like, that's in Analyze This. Somebody clearly, he, Billy was like, what if we did this as a movie? And it worked because it was a good
1: movie. Yeah, this is, it's, it's just like how in and out was born at the Oscars because
0: of Tom Hanks' speech. And then De Niro introduces Dance with Wolves that I just find like, just cruel, honestly. Like, why is De Niro introducing Like, this? like Awakenings is right there. <laughs> or Goodfellas, but he gets Dance with Wolves and then he seemingly leaves. Because he's not there when they announce best actor. They show a photo of him. They don't show- No, maybe
1: he was just in the bathroom.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable stuff. It's like he knows he's
1: not winning. So who cares?
0: We mentioned uh, Silence of the Lambs. They have Hopkins and Jodie Foster do screenplay and they play the score. Love that moment. Jodie Foster's having the time of her life. She looks like so happy. It's like really fun. It's a great Oscars for Jodie Foster before her win, a second win next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is, it's like, she knows like life is good right now. It's like the movie's a hit. And I don't know, I mean, I'm not going to presume to think like I'm, she's thinking I'm going to win this next year and also like she already has one at home. So, but it's, it, yeah, she, it was a good uh, presentation with them and also Anthony Hopkins with hair.
0: Love Anthony Hopkins with hair. And he does the, he does the, he does the elective voice to Jody, and she laughs when he's like opening up the envelope, basically. It's really good. Uh, and then the last thing I wrote down, and I, if you have more, please jump in. But I have, at the end, when they do the credits on YouTube, you can watch. It just is literally like ripped off the TV. So it's an L.A. broadcast feed. And one of the promos is for Nightline with You Downs. And then, well, hello, this is Rick Dees. Tonight, join Golden Girl Betty White, Sexy Yankee Steve Sachs, and music from Kathy Dennis. Into the Night, Late Night Tonight. Rick Dees, who's a famous disc, disc, disc jockey, had a show on from 1990 to 1991 called Into the Night. And there you go. He that night he had Betty White and sexy Yankee Steve Sachs.
1: You know we should find a copy of that episode.
0: I bet I'm you watching. it's. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I didn't go. I didn't yeah. go the extra mile and search for it, uh, but I will after we. Um, leave.
1: I'm. I'm just gonna mention. I'm shocked you didn't mention
0: this at all. But Goodfellas not nominated for cinematography. Truly a crime. Michael Bauhaus, cinematographer amazing, and we could talk here about Thelma Shoemaker not winning for editing. Thelma has obviously won uh, multiple Oscars. So it's not like she needed to win here, but I would say Goodfellas it's is- Very well edited. So. Her crowning achievement, I would argue. Well,
1: also, so Dan with Wolves obviously one editing and Neil Traff is in his speech. He's, he thanks Kevin Costner and he's like, Kevin, let's do it again. They never work together again.
0: Very funny. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny too. Uh, but yeah, Thelma Shoemaker should have won. Michael Bauhaus, cinematographer, Goodfellas. Just a legendary- legendary work but not going to win i mean the cinematographer nominees are there's definitely room for him it's it's alan Dav- davio for for avalon who obviously did et and Cur- color purple and empire of the sun worked a lot with steven spielberg in his early early films uh the vittorio Stor- stororo for dick tracy another legend uh gordon Willis for godfather three another legend and then philippe rousselet for henry and june uh and had worked with Robert Redford and Neil Jordan. So
1: and we're like, we can't do three mom movies in cinematography. Like no. No.
0: And I just think Michael Bauhaus did not have the juices the other two mom movies as a name. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely should have been in here. And then editing you have Neil Travis wins for Go- Dents and Wolves, Walter Merch for Ghost. Uh, a trio, including Walter Murch for Godfather 3, including Lisa Fruchtman for Godfather 3. So he had two women nominated here, which is actually kind of cool. Thelma for Goodfellas. And then uh, Dennis Verkler and John Wright for Hunt for Red October. I mean, Thelma for Goodfellas is just like un- unimpeachable. Mm-hmm. If I was doing this, Goodfellas was best picture, best director, best actor, best cinematography, best editing, best screenplay. <laughs> so
1: and it, best supporting one one and you know honestly like it's like maybe it was like lucky to even have one one like i could have <laughs> gone home with nothing yep yeah
0: i don't know that's all i got Joyce. that's it I, uh, uh anything else here before we wrap up
1: Goodfellas officially your favorite movie not pulp
0: fiction oh yeah good i've seen so many times Joyce. so i remember the first time i saw it so the first time I, I, I guess I saw it was, I remember vividly my parents rented it and watched it on VHS. And I was like upstairs, like looking you, down.
1: You the, the like, watched The Staircase. I did. I watched like a
0: lot of it from The Staircase because I was too <laughs> young for it. And it's obviously incredibly violent. And then I think I must've watched it as a teenager, certainly in like high school. And then we went to college. It was like our favorite movie, me and my group of friends. And we watched it all the time. Like truly to the point where we had written out this is back in the '90s, Joyce, so not as easily, not not as much computer stuff. We wrote down like a a the ultimate Goodfellas like trivia quiz that we gave each other to try to see who could get the most right. Oh my god! Wait, uh, so it
1: was handwritten?
0: Handwritten down to like what's the license plate on uh, the the but, like, was
1: C. one person overseeing this quiz, like like a quiz master?
0: I think we kind of all did our own questions and asked each other questions, but like the license plate was like 254 YIP, Y-I-P, uh, okay. in the, the Cadillac. And what was so the who, weather like?
1: Who was the biggest Goodfellas stand then? Who won?
0: <laughs> I don't remember. I no. mean, we probably had a five-way tie, four-way tie. Uh, just the iconic movie uh, in so many ways. I just love it so much. And this is a treat to revisit the Oscars. I will say overall, I thought that even though Dance of the Wolves, I think should not have won. And even though I was not as offended as like Janet Maslin, certainly, because I'm just like, whatever, the movie is awesome. It doesn't necessarily You know, both of
1: it. our favorite movies lost Best Picture.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, which is fine. I Like I, I've said before, yeah. I prefer when movies I like don't win, because when movies you like win, it's not as much fun. And
1: I never really like expect what I like to do well or exceptionally well, because I just know my taste does not generally align with oscar voters tastes
0: right so. um but yeah watching the ceremony i thought it was really good and like again it's only a three and a half hour ceremony and they did multiple and uh, like uh,
1: honorary oscars we didn't even mention the honorary oscars no, I was just like sophia loran got one Mirna boy who was never nominated at like competitively for anything at all she gets one and she uh accepts via satellite pulls a joe pesci just says like thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was a big year for via satellite at the Oscars. I feel like based yeah. at, you maybe uh, spurred by the coverage of Desert Storm, the Oscars were like, "What if we did a global thing and we could go to we'll go get our satellite coverage ready?" Uh,
1: yeah, and then they they also did the bird to David Brown and um, Richard Zanuck. Yeah, yes. and then so they didn't the the category of visual effects did not exist yet, um, but they gave uh like their special achievement award to total recall for its special effects yes yes.
0: yeah very cool uh love love that and then the uh the performers of Joyce we had we didn't talk about the music but Madonna does sooner or later a children's Mm -hmm. choir does somewhere in my memory Reba McIntyre does checking out from postcards Bon Jovi there for blaze of glory and Harry Connick promised me you'll remember the love theme from Godfather part three
1: I mean we could have had Academy Award winner John
0: I mean, I'd, I'd be here for it, honestly. And then Billy ends the ceremony with the horse and goes, go see City Slickers. June 12th. <laughs> June 12th. I'm, 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 a billion people are watching. What, am I not going to plug it, he says? Yes, Billy, then
1: go. plug away. a year later, Jack Palins wins Oscar right. winner.
0: <laughs> and Billy hosting again. Yeah. Uh, just a great time. This is a good Oscar choice. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll be back with another 90s one. What ones do we have left?
1: I think we have three left. We have to do Unforgiven. Unforgiven, Schindler's. And then American Beauty. So
0: maybe we save American Beauty for last. Well, well yeah, because
1: 1999 is the best year ever. Yeah. So. so
0: let's go. We'll, we'll do Unforgiven next, I think, Joyce. That that we'll, we'll get on record. I, I feel it like
1: it. we've talked about that year enough in yeah. relation to other years. Like yes. That.
0: So it should not be. It should not be as long. Maybe for for <laughs> for those who have made it this far. No all right, Joyce. <laughs> bye. For all things Hollywood, competitions, and awards, head to GoldDerby.com. Follow us on social media at Gold Derby.